0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there completely free. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Allie. You know, Allie, there's news out of Colorado that you're going to share with us here in a moment about their medical, or excuse me, recreational uh, marijuana provision that's going to be on the ballot this year. Apparently, the governor there has a few things uh, that are not so nice to say about that. But we'll get to her. Is it a her? No,
1: it's a him. It's a him.
0: We'll get to him here in uh, in just uh, a moment. But I just have to say, welcome uh, to anybody that happens to be tuning into Free Talk Live tonight for the first time. I don't know for sure. How many, or if any, stations are taking Free Talk Live tonight for the first time? But there is a chance that some of them are, because last night I got some of the best news that I had heard in oh recent memory, and that is that Michael Savage, who is the was the number one talk show host at nighttime in America, and Mm -hmm. then like the number three or number four host overall, has left the building. He is no longer doing talk radio. Make
1: way for Free Talk Live.
0: Uh, Yeah, well, you know, make way for for somebody at least. And I'm sure Free Talk Live will be picking up some of his stations. He had something like, they claimed that he had 400 stations. But usually when you actually audit a station list and you call those stations and or look at their websites, you find out that it's actually a lower number than they're actually claiming. Hmm. And I don't know how many stations he has, but as I was going through my list today... Because uh, what I do during the daytime is I, is I call radio stations to try to get free talk live on the air. So I was going through my database that I've kind of created over the years as far as, you know, what stations have what phone numbers and what do they have on. The Your
1: amp dollars at work. This is
0: the information that I collect about uh, about radio stations. And I would go to a number of station sites that, were, you know, at one time had Michael Savage. They didn't have him anymore. So he probably, you know... Didn't have at least fifty stations that he claimed uh, to have, but either way, he's gone. Uh, he's one of those. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Are you familiar with him at all?
1: Never listened to his show. No,
0: you're not missing much. Uh, he's you know kind of like the shouting, uh, angry conservative kind of uh, talk show host. I mean, he's his real name isn't Savage. It's actually Michael Weiner, but uh, you know,
1: <laughs> that was funny because I really like the last name Savage.
0: Yeah, so Savage was totally like a radio name, and it it definitely fits his uh, his type A. Angry personality.
1: Is he a savage?
0: Yeah, I mean, he wants. uh, You know, he's all about language, culture, and borders, and Mm. so he's one of those. I'm about those things too. He's maybe not.
1: I mean, yeah, I think all those. Are you
0: anti-immigration?
1: No, I. He is. I think we should abolish the borders.
0: Oh no, he's for the borders. Oh. So Darn. he wants to crack down on the borders and, you know, he's one of those guys. Yeah. Anyway, he's off the air now. Uh, so welcome to anybody that's listening to Free Talk Live for the first time tonight. Things are going to be a little bit unusual, a little bit different. Uh, you're probably not used to hearing a show like this. Uh, first of all, there's a lovely lady on the air here tonight. That's right. Which is always nice to have. Uh, but it's an open phones panel discussion about the ideas of liberty. So if you've got something on your mind that you want to share with us, we're here. We'll take your calls at 855-450-FREE. That's one 855 450 Three seven three three, and also in the news, the uh, the drones situation in uh, New York. Have you heard about the uh, the artwork that's been going up around the city
1: uh, on the subway stations?
0: Various different places. I'm not sure exactly where it's uh, it's being placed. There's one photograph here at the Gizmodo.com article. It looks like it's outdoors, uh, so I'm not sure exactly where it uh, is. Oh, I was
1: thinking about different different art, which was anti-jihad uh, art.
0: Oh, no, I have not seen this. This is an anti-drone art that is is—it's uh, kind of a parody piece, basically. It's a silhouette image of a drone and a silhouette image of a family running. You know, They're like mom and dad grabbing their little girl's arm and running away as the drone fires a rocket at it. Uh-huh. And uh, the drone, it says, NYPD drones, protection when you least expect it.
1: That must be a joke.
0: It totally is satire, um, okay. but it's using the NYPD logo. And government agencies get really upset when you use their logo without permission.
1: Ah. Uh, because, you it's know, sacred.
0: they believe they own the logo. Uh, they certainly believe in intellectual property and they will prosecute you. So if you, hmm. you know, if you make up some sort of letterhead and put a government logo on there, you could make your own government lo- logo. You know, like you could have the Department of Alley and, you know, have a fancy looking seal and that would be legal. But if you actually. Take from like their website or something. If you take their actual logo, they get very upset.
1: Well, I mean, they have a certain image to maintain and a sense of legitimacy about their organization. Which, if you take it and you start satirizing it, then that's against the whole point. You're supposed to revere it.
0: Well, anybody that actually pays attention to the New York Police Department knows that they are a caricature of, uh, you know, uh, the idea of they're just ridiculous, and (laughs) uh, you know, the courtesy, professionalism, respect is what they have written on all their vehicles. And anybody that knows anything about the New York Police Department knows that that's just a joke. Uh, So Assam is the man in question here. He's a 29-year-old art school grad from Maine who served in Iraq as a geospatial analyst. Not sure what that is. And has put up posters like the one I described with the drone on it all over New York. It shows drones being used to police regular people in an Orwellian world with the NYPD logo plastered all over it as if to endorse it. Well, guess what? The New York Police Department wants him arrested, and he wants to let people know the scariness of drones. Animal uh, Animal New York scored an exclusive interview with the street artist who readily admits that he's not really part of the street art scene, and it's interesting to hear him describe his work. He talks with uh, animal in an interview in which they kind of filmed him silhouetted, so he's lit from behind. Mm-hmm. You can't see his face. He says uh, that he agrees there's an inherent irony in his spoofs. The very fact that the NYPD, which claims to be strongly pursuing him with their counterterrorism squad, hasn't count uh, hasn't caught him yet, is proof that we have not reached the Orwellian or reached a state of Orwellian control. But we're going in that direction, and no one's talking does about it. it does does that
1: mean that they haven't reached a state of Orwellian control just because they are too? Competent to find the guy. I mean, the fact that their anti-terrorism squad is coming after him is proof of some hope for an Orwellian future as far as the NYPD goes.
0: Certainly they are moving rapidly at that clip. but I mean I think that the point he should make is that governments, even in an Orwellian world are still inefficient and still you know slow mm-hmm. and plotting and stupid uh so that's really what's going on there's plenty of orwellian factors scattered about from surveillance to police you know the police state uh but you know even in a total crackdown police state world you've still got government inefficiency i see bringing more cops on doesn't make them more efficient uh but you make a a good point ali he's already put up over a hundred of these spoof drone ads and he's done them under the very nose of the nypd and has yet to be caught let's hope it stays that way He uh, Again, there's an interview that you can get. We'll uh, post it over at the Free Talk Live BBS later tonight where you can see this guy and his interview. It's interesting because he talks about how his training as like a special forces operative, like he was in the military Hmm. and he talks about how his military training has actually helped him. With pulling off these what he considers basically to be covert ops, right? Like he's got these posters. <laughs> he's got to get them put up without being spotted. Uh, I mean, if you aren't looking closely, you won't know that this is a joke. You won't know what's going on. Right. So he's probably but counting on that.
1: It's kind of like a modern version of the pen being the mighty, mightier than the sword. Uh, if you think of swords as the guns that the government wields and the pen is being, you know, ideas being spread. For sure. So he's using his training in the military to sort of get this idea out that the NYPD's sort of taking over the city and making it a draconian state.
0: Now looking a little closer at the, this uh, poster and it, it does appear that he used the SS logo as well, the old German SS logo. Uh, military police logo. Okay. I'm not yeah, sure what that he, looks he like. He put that in there. It's, it's two kind of lightning bolt looking S's, and uh, so he's done a really amazing job with this, and it's it's just fascinating to uh, you know to, to watch this happen. But the concern that he has is that people aren't talking about this. So the reason why he's putting these posters up is because he feels like there's not enough of a public discourse around this issue. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I guess that's from whatever interactions he's having with people. And you know,
1: well, there was a there were. Uh you know, signs put up, and I think they were officially by the NYPD. It was like, NYPD always watching and they have cameras. Or is that another I wondered spoof? about that one. I can't tell if that's real th- or not.
0: Well, I had seen that sign that you're talking about. And where, didn't it look kind of like silhouetted cameras, too? Yeah. I mean, so the design Maybe it's was, the same guy. Right. The design was very similar. Uh, so I wonder if it's the same guy. I'd seen that one uh, in, I think it was a com post... A week or so before I saw this news article from Gizmodo. Well,
1: people were responding to that saying this is really scary stuff, but it could have just been, you know, the satire real. guy.
0: <laughs> like the lines between art and reality are very blurred here. <laughs> it's true. 855-450-FREE is the Sekel CAI toll-free line. So your thoughts here. I don't know. Does anybody think that it's a bad thing to use a police department's logo without their permission?
1: I think- are you looking for camping, hunting or shooting gear?
0: This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. With you tonight, it's Ian and Allie. Those features include the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of the program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com, and if you're a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine. Shrine.freetalklive.com. I want to tell you about a great Bitcoin site that uh, I have utilized before they've even uh, started being promoted on Free Talk Live. It's uh, blockchain.info. It's not just an online Bitcoin wallet. You can actually run checks on the blockchain. Like You can search for your, uh, your address, your Bitcoin uh, key, and then it'll show you all the transactions associated with that. So there's really useful information there. But also, uh, they do have the the wallet feature, which, thanks to fancy encryption techniques, blockchain never has access to your money. They also have apps for Android and jailbroken iPhones. In fact, they can't even know how much money that you're sending or receiving – uh, with their blockchain wallet, you can even send Bitcoins via email to your Facebook friends or to anyone's cell phone number in about every country around the world. And you get to do all of it for free. So go and get your free Bitcoin wallet today at blockchain.info. That's blockchain.info. To the phones and the fun. Let's talk to Scott. Listening in Wisconsin. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Hi, and Allie. Ian
2: and Allie. How are you doing tonight? Doing
0: great. Scott, what's on your mind?
2: Yeah, how's things going out there with you guys? Have you heard any little bzzz going around in the sky out there?
0: <laughs> what, what do you mean drones? Thankfully, yeah, uh, the you only got drones...
2: it, you got it, brother. You get an A for the day. You know, um, I was uh, calling in about that. The answer is you know, no. that, uh, that I saw this video of this Russian guy. I believe he was over here um, in America, and they were showing him that he put this drone wasn't very big. I would say it was, you know, it's probably within the two to three feet range in the width. But that baby had a machine gun on it, and wow. they're showing him they're showing the guy he's showing it how it goes down and he's got these uh dummies standing up shooting them saying man isn't that cool and mm. you no.
0: know no it's not you know cool. the
2: thing is you i think like i said if if we see things keep getting dark in america and you know the government's going to try to bait us in i believe to to bring the the uh the lead of obama's elites out in the street you got to wonder if they're going to be using this thing uh, with uh, along with the other drones to uh to fight uh, the the militias that are all over the United States and I was just like you what guys talking about that Oh there's I, I mean there's some call. militias
0: out there
1: Like what? Like what what they what would the US government is what did, what militias are they making drones for?
0: Well, I think that I mean I think that a drone will be utilized in whatever way they want to, whether it's you know going after somebody who they you know thinks a drug dealer or a militia member or whatever it is they're looking to investigate. I don't think they're making the drones just to go after militias. I think they're making the drones to be their tool at their disposal, just like their tanks and their uh, their armored personnel carriers and things that they have. So I wouldn't say that they had any one group of people in mind when they created these drones. They just are always developing new weaponry. And new ways to crush uh, people's liberties. And is this, this is the kind of step?
1: Is this the kind of thing they talk about on the on the news? Do they bring this up on cable? The drones,
0: you mean? Yeah, the drones. I, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't watch cable news. I know so they I... talk
1: about drone strikes in other countries, but they yeah. talk about you know domestic drones. Scott, thanks for the
0: call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 855 450 Free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. I mean, there has been news article or there have been news articles about this. I don't know what's on TV news because I never watch it. But I, you know, we have seen news coverage. It was a couple of years ago that there was a paper in Houston, I think, that covered the Houston Police Department testing drones. Mm-hmm. So here and there there's going to be articles about the police department getting drones. And of course, they're always written in the perspective of well, the police department's uh, spending uh, more taxpayer dollars on uh, new technology that's going to help keep you safe. According to department spokesman so-and-so, they're going to be flying these drones through the skies in order to uh, keep an eye on Are things. Are they going to
1: call them drones? Because drone sounds like an aggressive, scary weapon. That's a good uh,
0: good question. What sort of nice uh, nicey name could they attach to drones to make mm. them sound less, uh, less frightening? Unmanned aerial observation plane Perfect. or
1: something Perfect. like that? Uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, they'll have whatever. Basically, they're going to whitewash the story as much as possible. They're going to interview just the police. If you're lucky, you'll find a news article that'll bother to, you know, interview some sort of a civil libertarian group about it and, you know, get the other side. Mm -hmm. But usually it's just going to be like, you know, like a Bearcat article. Remember, uh, Allie, we had to deal with the Bearcat last year when uh, the Keene police were getting this $300,000
1: we, will, we, haven't had to, we haven't had to deal with it yet, but yeah. Well, right, it to... hasn't
0: arrived yet, but it will be arriving at some point, probably uh this fall here mm-hmm. in Keene. And it's basically an, a militaristic style tank. Uh it's an armored personnel carrier, but you can mount gun turrets to it and everything like that. I it's just got,
1: want to throw tomatoes at it.
0: It's got portholes in the side. I'm gonna for throw to tomatoes out
1: in the porthole.
0: I wouldn't say that out loud or plan anything okay. like that. I'm not gonna in, actually uh, do that in but... public. But, uh, you know, I think it could use a good, good coat of paint uh, like, you know, it should, it should be pink with flowers on it or something like that. And why, why are tomatoes
1: bad? But paint is not.
0: I'm not saying that tomatoes are bad. I mean, it's just, you know, paint would look nice. It would look, it would look <laughs> less intimidating than, you know, this black, scary kind of police vehicle that it uh, currently but that's
1: is. That's the point. It's supposed to be intimidating.
0: Well, no, what they said is it's going to be used for rescue purposes, so you know if it really is going to be used for rescuing people, then why does it need to look intimidating? Maybe it should be pink, and it should mm-hmm. have uh, flowers out. on the side uh, well, I liked uh, one of the the local uh, politicians I suggested the idea of painting it pink to him, uh since you know it's a done deal. We're going to get this bear cat, so what can we do with it after it it gets here? He suggested actually having like a kindergarten class paint it, which I thought would also be that's, that, that sounds seemed like a cute good, good I idea guess. too.
1: Yeah. Except that I don't like the idea of the kid, kindergarteners, you know, making an, an event after, after painting on something that will inevitably use to harm others who yeah. are being peaceful. It's sort of like the pictures you see of the Israeli children mm. uh, signing bombs, which are going to go to kill Palestinians.
0: So my point was that, uh, you know, the, the news articles about this technology is always focusing on all the benefits that will come from having drones and tanks and things like that in uh, in town and never any of the uh, the real concerns. Let's go to Robert. He's listening via XM's America's Talk. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live.
2: Yes, sir. I was just wanted to – I got your – y'all's tweet last night about, um, you know, knowing to find a radio station about Savage and everything. Yes, and sir. Trying to get y'all on there. Yes, and I called up my radio station, which is seventy-one kilo here in Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay. Three times today, and all I got was the machine every time.
0: Oh wow! All right. Well, you know, a lot of these stations are uh, are busy. I don't know. Did you talk to the pro? Did you ask for the program director? Or did you not even get past the front desk?
2: No, no, they they sent me to the program director's phone, but oh, okay. it went
0: straight to voicemail. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it, just leave a voicemail. You certainly don't want to be a pest. Uh, you don't want to call a bunch of times or anything like that. Uh, but, you know, if you if you just leave one message, that's, uh, that's sufficient. They check their voicemail. You probably aren't going to get a call back. Uh, but basically what he's referring to is I'd sent out a, a tweet and uh, Facebook last night asking folks to contact their local talk radio stations if they air Michael Savage on their talk radio station because... Well, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Michael Savage is done with uh, doing talk radio for the time being, and that means that his 400 or so stations are eagerly looking for new programming so one call will be sufficient most of the time program directors aren't going to answer the line uh you know they get calls and, they, and they're probably getting calls all day from uh from pitchmen people like me who are calling uh to try to pitch their show to them so they're probably screening their calls more often than mm. normal robert i don't know if you uh, had anything else you want to talk about if you do you're welcome to stick with us 855-450-FREE and thanks for making that call 855-450-3733 this is free talk live you can take control of the airwaves bring up anything This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Toll free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us on our website. Just head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. We've got archives. You can click and download the latest seven days' worth of the show right at the top of the website. And then if you click over into our SoundCloud page, uh, you can find that link on the left-hand side of the page under Listen and Share, or you can just go to soundcloud.freetalklive.com. And that'll take you back for years' worth of the program, including all the Edgington Post shows that Mark has been putting up there as well, which is his interview series. Uh, it's all free. Freetalklive.com. Freetalklive, Live brought to you by the Free State Project. Uh, Allie, what is it?
1: The Free State Project is a movement to get 20,000 liberty-minded people to New Hampshire for liberty to influence the culture and the politics and the language.
0: To uh, get active, to achieve as much liberty in our lifetime as possible and uh, for generations hereafter as well. It's a huge project. It's a big scope, and it's a really exciting idea. It's one that's actually happening. Uh, It's over a 1,000 people that are here now in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. There are over 12,800 people that have signed up for it. Awesome. And we want to reach 20,000, as you've said. So if you my dear listener, like the ideas of liberty and you want to actually have a chance at having more of it in your lifetime, then it makes sense to get together with other people that think like that, that want to you know, respect the rights of others to be free. Because that's the kind of the trick to mm-hmm. liberty is if you want to be free, you have to allow others to be free, which means allowing others to do things that maybe you wouldn't do with your life. Right. Uh, so go to freestateproject.org Take the time to learn about the the, uh, the project, and then if you like the idea, get signed up and start planning your move. Don't wait to twenty thousand; it's happening now. Yeah,
1: it'll be nice to get to the point where we can have communities, and we don't have to worry about someone calling the cops because they don't, you know, they hear a bump in the night or you know, silly things like that that you know you're probably used to wherever you live. And we want it to be different here in New Hampshire, and it already is different.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is, and the more people that get here, the more fun it's going to be, the more interesting activism we'll have, and the more success uh, as well. So, freestateproject.org. Make sure you check out the 101 reasons to move to New Hampshire. It's very persuasive. 450 free. That's the Sacl Cai toll free line. So, we had reported previously on. Uh, oh, excuse me. It was Colorado. There is going to be a, a provision on the ballot coming up uh, in Colorado this yep. year that is essentially going to decriminalize, or actually legalize, as I understand it, um, marijuana.
1: Yeah, the 2012 ballot initiative would make Colorado the first state to fully legalize marijuana and regulate it like alcohol. So the idea is that, you know, it would be legal to use recreationally if you're Mm -hmm. 21 or older, just like alcohol is. Um, However, the governor of Colorado, uh, Heikenlooper is his last name. I don't have his first name. Um, He... He saw the polls, which indicated that he's got a majority of support for this initiative. And uh, he still bashes the bill for detracting from efforts to make Colorado the healthiest state and sending the wrong message to kids. Uh, the thing that is, there's a couple things that are funny about this. For one, when I think of Colorado, I think of, um, you know, leniency towards pot smokers because they have medical medical marijuana and uh i mean i know that that system and i hope this doesn't make people weary of medical marijuana but i mean the medical marijuana states i think it's pretty easy to get a slip for that to come in and oh i've got nausea
0: it's reportedly pretty easy in california i don't know about the rest of the states yeah
1: i'm not sure about i'm not sure about colorado but from what i understand it's it's pretty lax there um,
0: well, isn't that sending the wrong message to children that uh, that people should be able to use a plant as medicine?
1: Well, I think that I mean
0: everybody knows you're supposed to take pharmaceutical pills. The, alterni-
1: the alternative is telling kids that, uh, you know, Big Brother knows best and that the government are these people who get to decide what we can use, what mommy and daddy can use to have a good time. So mommy and daddy drink booze instead of smoke mm. joints because uh, that's legal. And uh, the funny thing about the story is also that the governor is—he brags about being the first governor brewer. He owns his own brewery in Colorado. The founder. What more
0: do you need to know? I mean, Uh, this guy owns a brewery.
1: Maybe it's not obvious to some people that he's a drug dealer. Yeah, that these are like you know competing markets. I
0: don't really know how much competition there is there. I mean, I, I really wonder would. Would his business go down in any noticeable manner I if, think so. if marijuana were legalized? I mean, how many people who drink today would completely swear off alcohol in order to take up a marijuana habit?
1: I don't think they would swear it off, but I think that maybe, you know, if they can go to I guess hookahs, you would not use them for pot, but they would probably open up they would probably open up little things like hookah bars where you right. come and smoke up and you know that might be more popular than the bar where everyone gets into bar fights and the girls are all. There's definitely falling well, all over the place.
0: Okay, so when was the last time you went to a bar and participated in that scene?
1: Um, participated in that scene. Uh, I guess it was like a month ago. Okay, I was at a bar.
0: So you're not not going too often. You're not no. a regular at any local watering holes. And uh, so you know, if marijuana were legalized maybe you would go to the bar once every two months instead of once a month or something like that. So it does it's not going to affect you. My my point is mm-hmm. that the the kind of person who is a bar fly is not going to stop that habit right. just because marijuana is legalized. Now that's not to say there aren't some people out there who have said things like Oh, if only marijuana were legal, I just wouldn't drink so much, or I I wouldn't do this, you know. Well,
1: what about you know drug testing and stuff? I mean, I think that that's a big deterrent for people who. Mm-hmm.
0: And there will still be drug testing in Colorado. It's still going to be, you know, at a lot of jobs. It's still going to be a no-no to to have marijuana in your. That's system.
1: true. I mean, companies can still drug test, and the fact that others don't don't doesn't mean that um you know it could be that they're doing it on their own volition just because for some reason they don't want to employ people that might smoke every once in a while. They may
0: have a government contract that requires drug testing.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh. But I just know about, you know, the thing with with pot is that it stays in your system for longer than other drugs. It does, yeah. So people will use alcohol instead because, you know, they just want to get a buzz and some people don't care what it is and they'd much rather use alcohol um, because that won't stay, that won't be in their pee later.
0: I just, you know, I'd be interested to know uh, from somewhere like the Netherlands. Like I've seen the numbers when Holland uh, went ahead and went through with marijuana partial decriminalization when they allowed anybody who was there to purchase it at a coffee shop and smoke mm-hmm. it, or even take it with them, uh, take it home. They changed that, by the way. It's now only residents of uh, the Netherlands who can who can buy it, as I understand it. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, they basically made it so tourists can't do it anymore, which is. Ridiculous, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I I would be curious to know from a bar owner uh, in in that area, you know, did your business actually go down uh, because of this? Because some people like to enjoy marijuana and alcohol together, right? Uh, you know, some would say that's not exactly a good combo necessarily, but there are plenty of people who engage. A in A lot that. of
1: people don't. A lot of people once they you know do one or the other, they don't want to mix them. Yeah, I've heard of that.
0: I've heard of it, but I've never really seen people. Put that into, uh, into effect in their life. Really? Most of the people that, uh, that I know that smoke cannabis also drink alcohol.
1: Yeah, they will. But I, I just, I know people that used to smoke cannabis and now they only drink alcohol mm-hmm. because of their job.
0: Sure, sure, sure. No, I get it. I get it. I'm not saying there aren't people out there who would change their habits. I just don't think it would be statistically you think significant.
1: That the you think that the governor of Colorado should just lay off and that he shouldn't be so worried about business? I think he should business. chill out.
0: Yeah. I mean he needs to take it easy. Well, I understand think, his concern. Do you
1: think that his business is influencing his feelings about this?
0: Absolutely. Okay. Well, yeah, I and mean, he's not going to admit to that, right? He's taking the position that, oh, the children are going to set a bad example for the children. Send right. the wrong message. He's not saying, oh, my God, my profits, you do know, you what's see, going to happen to my sales?
1: Do you see television as your competition? Like I always On wonder, the radio? Yeah, I was... Sure. Like, we can draw these lines like, oh, this is really competing with this. And sometimes the lines blurred, like what competes with what.
0: TV is definitely my competition. I mean, we're doing a primetime... Uh, the radio show hours we're doing on the East Coast are competing with primetime television hours on the East Coast.
1: Yeah, well, this is way better than whatever's on TV.
0: Well, totally. Radio's way better than TV because <laughs> uh, you get to interact and in. uh, and it's it's more intimate, like we're voices in your head yeah. as opposed to images on a screen. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But, Allie, you're also on TV as well on Monday nights. Yeah, I do um, both. On uh, Shire TV, which <laughs> folks can see at freekeen.com. 855 450 free. You take control. This is Free Talk Live.
4: The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two,
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. All you have to do, dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the Sakel CAI toll-free line, one 450 3733 And Free Talk Live is brought to you by Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. If you haven't seen it yet, why not? It's free. You can go online over at com. It's an hour-and-a-half-long, feature-length documentary film that uh, features our friend Derek J. It's who, my
1: favorite documentary. Is it? Well, I'm in it, so yeah.
0: Oh. <laughs> if, you, if you weren't in it, would yeah, it still would be still, your favorite? Uh, yes. It is a really good... Like, I was so pleased with how well this Me movie Me too.
1: Out. I couldn't believe it.
0: And it's entertaining. It's, uh, it will make you feel happy it might and make you cry. sad and angry, perhaps. Uh, it's a, like a movie that can do those things to you in this. You know, the, in a period of just sitting and, and watching something for 90 minutes. That's a, that's a good movie.
1: By the end of it, Derek J will be your best friend.
0: He's so great. And uh, his personality really comes through in the film. He he wrote the script for it. Uh, I mean, not the script, but the, the narration that he does. He wrote that and, and narrated it himself. And uh, so it's been out now since late July. It's over at Uh You can watch the movie for free on YouTube. If you're into torrents, you can download a torrent version of it there as well. Share it with your friends. We're getting close to 25,000 views, which, you know, it's... Wow. It's not like 2 million views like some stupid video will get on uh, on YouTube. Like it's not hard You're to
1: get. You're just jealous.
0: I I would love <laughs> to see Derek J's video get 2 million views. I would love that. Um, and maybe someday it will you know there's you never know what's gonna happen like who will share it it's like somebody might see it who has a lot of people that they're connected to on Twitter or something like mm-hmm. that and they might share it and then all of a sudden it might spike up to 50 or 100,000. maybe someone 000.
1: will slightly amend it and then all of a sudden it goes viral
0: amend it like what do you mean
1: you know someone could take the video and then change it around to make it you know whatever they see it this would be a lot better if if I just did this, you know, made made they all the could. characters sound like chipmunks or something like that. Who knows?
0: I, You know, I wouldn't care. I mean, if somebody wanted to do that, I don't believe in intellectual property. So, you know, it's one of the reasons why we're putting it out there for free. Please yeah. go and see this movie. And if you like it, share it with your friends. VictimlessCrimesFree.com. By the way, just to kind of update folks on the film. Uh, we did have our premiere a couple weeks ago in Keene, and it was great. We had about 50 people show up uh, pr- bright and early in the morning, 9.45 a.m. Uh, yeah. for a movie, pretty early. And so, I mean, I would have loved to have seen the, the theater packed, but I don't know how realistic well, that was. Well,
1: it's just was, kind of weird to go into was. a theater during the day and come out. and Whenever I leave the theater, because it's so dark, I think it's nighttime, and yeah. I was like, what is going on? My, now my day starts.
0: Right, we were getting out of the theater at high noon and that, in that case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, And it was great. We had a lunch in the park and everything like that. But then afterwards, uh, Derek and Bo and I, the producers of the film, we came back to the studio and we watched the movie again and and did a commentary track uh, for the upcoming Director's Cut DVD. And then Derek J. actually did a solo commentary track. So our DVD is going to have
1: two commentary
0: tracks. Uh, We're working on all the bonuses right now, like putting videos together. Uh, We're basically going to have a real proper, like, Special edition kind of director's cut DVD. It's not, it's not only going to be a recut, complete recut of the film to new music, uh, including some new scenes, but uh, also all of the, the activist footage or as much as we can pack in there uh, of the, the footage that the original film was pulled from. All of that footage will uh, will be included, so you'll be able Excellent. to watch. You'll be able to watch. You'll get all the context. You won't see anything that's been clipped yeah. out of the original. Clips. That
1: probably would have been one thing that would have bothered me if I hadn't already seen most of the videos used. Is wow, I really want to go see the whole video of right. this.
0: So we're going to have that for you. Excellent, and we'll let you know more as uh, as it gets closer. But for now, you can just go watch the original film at victimlesscrimesfree.com dot com, and it is well worth your time. eight five five four fifty free that's the SACL Cai toll free line, and Ali, I hear something beeping in the LRN kitchen. I don't know okay. if that's I don't know if that's yours, but FYI. Uh, so you can take control here. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, we've been talking about this uh, Colorado situation where the governor uh, has come out. He has stated that he thinks that this is a terrible idea. That uh, Coloradans will be voting uh, this November on total. Well, not total, but darn close. Yeah, I darn mean... Darn close to total decriminalization or legalization, rather, of uh, of marijuana.
1: I'm not quite sure how it works with the governor's authority, but if they uh, do vote on this and they vote to legalize marijuana, I don't know if he can just, you know, veto it.
0: No, I don't think so. Uh, this This is a ballot measure. And it's uh,
1: Amendment 64.
0: Yeah. Ballot measures the way they typically work. And, I, you know, I don't live in Colorado. So if somebody wants to clarify for us, uh, feel free. But the way they typically work is you have to get a bunch of signatures in order to get the initiative on a ballot. And then upon it passing uh, with a majority of votes, it becomes law. Mm-hmm. Now, it works in different ways in different states. So, like, for instance, in Florida, when you actually did a ballot measure, it would amend the Constitution. So, in most places, it doesn't actually amend the Constitution. It just, uh, you know, makes a law.
1: Why do they call it an amendment?
0: Is it called an amendment? It's called Amendment 64. Maybe it will amend the Constitution in Colorado. Like I said, I don't, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of how all the political system work and the different,
1: fi- the 50 states. Well, according to Heikenleyber, this amendment would increase the number of children using drugs. I think that's the most yeah. ignorant part of his statement. because, Why? uh, Well, okay, so, da- w- who when do you think it was easier for kids to get alcohol during prohibition or now?
0: <sighs> probably easier now you think wait alcohol <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I mean I, I don't know what, what to say about prohibition like i I know what they say about teenagers and alcohol today. They say that teens have an easier time getting marijuana than they do alcohol, but I don't know if it was the same during prohibition. It probably mm-hmm. was. But that was a long time ago, and neither you nor I nor most of the people. Uh, okay, well, to just this the idea behind
1: it, though. I mean, when something's prohibited, it makes it sort of. It's like, well, who do you know? You just ask the right person, and the prices go up because there's risk involved with peddling, you know, whatever good it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it makes it more available despite your circumstances. Uh, if you, it depends on who you know. I mean, I mean, sure, I can. I Marijuana
0: is not necessarily more available, and sometimes it's sometimes it's kind of dry, right? Like, but it's
1: no, it's no more available to me just because I'm 21 than it was to me when is I was true. 17.
0: You're right about that.
1: So you know, it's same availability. You know, they're not going to sit there and say, "Well, you're a little too young to be smoking pot," don't you think? Uh, but if it's right. a store clerk, you know, then yeah, they can they. Can put those kind of prohibitions on young people, uh, it's going to be easy. It's easier now, I'm sure, to get pot. I
0: don't think I think I think it's comparing apples and oranges uh, to some extent because like I know where you're coming from with the point that you're making uh, in that, yeah, prohibition does not stop uh, kids from getting uh, drugs. And obviously the fact that it's legal doesn't stop kids from getting alcohol either. It's not that Mm -hmm. hard for them to do that. But with uh, alcohol versus marijuana, there's there's an important factor uh, and that is that the alcohol—it's just more difficult to make. It takes more effort. You've got to have—you uh, know—you've got to have a brewing kit, distillery. You know, you've got to have the, the, the equipment that's necessary. Whereas, a marijuana, you can throw seeds in the backyard, and uh, plants are going to sprout. I mean, yeah, you do have to harvest the marijuana. And cure and there's it. some curing involved there, but I think that growing marijuana is something that is more easily attainable uh, for the average person, especially for young people. Like, if a young mm-hmm. person wants to go out in the woods and plant some marijuana, there's nothing to stop them from doing that. It'll be a little bit more difficult to set up a still in but why you know, would your it, parents' garage. Why
1: would Okay, so say you're a 17-year-old. Why would you uh, sit there and try to plant pot if you can just, you know, whatever? I mean, yeah, you could it would it would fall in the hands of kids i mean what are you going to do about that it's no it's no more uh likely to though if you legalize it i don't think
0: no i don't think it's it's more likely i think that the the teens that are getting marijuana are going to get their marijuana whether or not it's legal,
1: and it's certainly going to be lower quality if it's if there's a prohibition on it.
0: That much is true. Although
1: if it's medicinal marijuana, then I mean that's known to be pretty high quality.
0: Generally, yeah, there. I don't think there's mids or regs in medicinal marijuana, the mid grade or, right. or lower grade uh, product.
1: But there should be because some people can't afford that. Some people can't afford prescription, you know, drugs.
0: That's a that is an interesting observation and I wonder about that. I you know, obviously I don't live in California or Colorado, so I don't know how wide a range there is. I know that a friend of mine when I was visiting in uh visiting him in California a few years ago, he was kind of giving us a rundown of, you know, what it was like to go to these medical marijuana shops and, you know, dealing with this system. And it did sound like most of it was really, really high-grade pot. And it also sounded like it wasn't really that much cheaper than the black market price. I would expect it to be more. Really? Now, why is that?
1: I guess just because a lot of times... Well, I would expect it to be more just because it's higher quality, I guess.
0: Well, no, there's good quality pot in the black market. Right. Uh, There's plenty of it. It's just that it's more consistently available in the legal market. Mm -hmm. And there's more varieties available. So you can... In the legal market, you can get a certain variety, a certain strain, and keep coming back to that. So right. if, you find that, you know, if you find that for whatever malady you have, whatever the sickness is that the, you're treating with cannabis, you find that one strain versus another strain is more useful to you, you can keep getting that. Whereas in the black market, you just kind of take what comes. You don't mm-hmm. know what's going to, to hit the market. You don't know how consistent it's going to be. 855-450-FREE. You can take control. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Speaking of that, we'll talk about drug tests coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want toll free at 855 450 free. The SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. Those other talk show hosts. They want to charge you for their website. Ours, we give it away. So head over to freetalklive.com. Joining you uh, here tonight in the studio, it's Ian. And Allie. All right. So 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number here for you. We've been talking about the Oklahoma—excuse me, Oklahoma. I don't keep thinking Oklahoma. I know why, because I found out that uh, there's a wonderful uh, not-so-legal uh, talk radio station that is airing us in Oklahoma City today, huh. which that's uh, always nice to find out about things that you did not necessarily know were happening uh, in that way. So, uh, no, Colorado, they've got this ballot measure that is coming up, and it's going to be—this is a historic ballot measure. I mean, for years, the only sorts of ballot measures we've seen have been medical marijuana, and they've generally done very, very well. Uh, But the poll numbers have shown, in the last decade at least, that people in America, certainly people under the age of 65— firmly believe in people's freedom to put whatever they want, specifically marijuana, cannabis, in their own body.
1: 61% of likely Colorado voters are in favor of legalizing marijuana if it is regulated the way alcohol and cigarettes are currently regulated.
0: 61%. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good.
1: That is pretty good. I think the governor should take a hint and just go along.
0: Well, (laughs) it doesn't cost him anything to uh, to make a big deal i wouldn't vote for it. him after this that's a good point it could be costing him some votes uh maybe he feels like he's i don't know that is a good point yeah why would he go out on a limb on something un- politically unpopular
1: uh because he owns a brew pub
0: so he's just desperately trying to save his business then. I guess That's so. what it,
1: Maybe it's going out. But, I mean, I would think that being in the business of if you've got alcohol good, would be good in a recession.
0: If you've Right. I mean, it's always good to be in the business of uh, mind-altering substances. Mm-hmm. If you have good beer at your pub, you'll be fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you've got good beer and good service. I guess you have to have good service, too. Because if you've got good beer and really lousy service, it's probably not going to work for you. But if you've got good service and you've got good product... You'll be all right, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially if you've been open for a while. I mean, it's always risky opening a restaurant. It was the first
1: brew pub in Colorado, if that gives you an idea. He's doing
0: fine then. yeah. Yeah. The idea that he's afraid of a little bit of marijuana being legalized is absolutely ludicrous. And the idea that people would be... That there would be this crowd of people to rush to start smoking cannabis if it were legalized mm-hmm. is uh, very unrealistic. There are a handful of folks out there who don't do it because they're getting tested at a job or they're afraid of being tested for some sort of a job interview. Uh, there's like a very small amount of people that won't do it because it's illegal. Do but- you
1: think that there are people that, you know, seriously sit there and they'll do something if it's illegal and they won't do it if it's not legal?
4: I mean, Those they could possibly know,
1: but they- know what's legal and what's not. Well, I mean time, most but... people
0: know cannabis is not legal right uh but they yeah, those people exist. there aren't very many of them. I mean, most everybody who's ever wanted to try cannabis has done so mm-hmm. they' I don't know any of those people i've I've met them here and there, like in conversation, I'll meet someone who makes that claim, like that they don't do this because it's illegal, but I don't know any of those people but
1: how many more people do it? maybe not i'm doing maybe not doing it because it's illegal but in a way yeah it's they're doing it because it's sort of forbidden
0: that is an actual uh factor you're right that's the reverse of it right so mm-hmm. the the drug warriors will tell you that well we can't legalize the drugs because a bunch of people are going to start doing it there's no real evidence for that But there is evidence that people do drugs because they are illegal. Mm -hmm. There absolutely is. In fact, if you look at the Netherlands, again, where they actually had a level of marijuana decriminalization for quite a while and still do to some extent. The studies that they did uh, specifically, I think they did them of both teenagers and adults. But what they found was that after decriminalization, there was a brief spike of usage and it then fell below its previous level. So it spikes up for a little bit and then falls down below where it was when it was prohibited. Mm-hmm. And that, and people suggest, now you know we don't know exactly why that happens, but the suggestion is that it's no longer got the forbidden fruit aspect to it. It no longer has that, you know, it's forbidden, so it's sexy, so it's mm-hmm. exciting, you know, you could get caught. Uh, it doesn't have any of that uh, anymore. Now it's just a plant like many other legal plants. Mm-hmm. And it's just not as popular because of that. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Actually, decriminalizing uh, de- decriminalizing drugs tends to lead to people using it less.
1: I would I would think so. I mean, it makes sense to me. I think that, uh, you know, I actually can kind of appreciate that um, the culture of, you know, potheads is sort of an underground thing, that they're kind of, in a sense, the underdog. And right. if it became super popular, popularized uh, and legal and if it was like, you know, made out to be kind of the way uh, things were running with alcohol. I'm not, this is not an argument in favor of the drug war, but that uh, you know, it might have less of an appeal to people and you might see less children doing it, you know, people that are or young people that are you know, make riskier judgments you wouldn't see them, you know, caring to do it as much.
0: Yeah, but- that's absolutely the case and the numbers the statistics back that up However, what you might still see are the targeting of young people by governmental agencies, even if it were legal, right so mm-hmm. let's say that Colorado in their case is going to or excuse me legalize it for I believe it's possession of up to an ounce uh, for adults, and it's adults over twenty one hmm. So all you 18, 19 and 20 year olds who, you know, you're you're fully able to make all kinds of legal decisions for yourself. If this goes through in Colorado, it'll still be illegal for you to purchase it.
1: I know. I I hate the war on kids. But if we can limit the wars on, you know, whatever, I guess incrementalism, if that if there's an opportunity for that, I'll go for it. I don't think it's the way to freedom. But, you know, it would be nice to see
0: this. Right. The fact that it's. 21 and up would not stop me from supporting this ballot measure. This is a huge, huge step. Uh, It's a historic measure. Uh, But nonetheless, the point being that obviously... You know, people under the age of 21 are going to get their hands on this. And the uh, people under the age of 18 will also get their hands on it, which, of course, will lead to uh, further crackdowns. Just because it's legal doesn't mean that it will be legal to have at school, for instance. Right. So uh, in Reason.com, Nick Gillespie reports on a middle schooler who has been forced to take a drug test. Why? Because he wanted to join the scrapbooking club. What? According to the story, the latest in a drug war hysteria, a 12-year-old girl wants to join the scrapbooking club at her middle school in Milford, Pennsylvania. Did you ever scrapbook?
1: I, uh, I've done a little bit of scrapbooking in my lifetime. <laughs> uh, Not at she, my school, though.
0: She can, it seems, on a condition that she pass a drug test. One day, she took home a permission slip. It said that to participate in the club or any school sport, she would have to consent to drug testing. <laughs> Kathy Kitterer, I believe this is her mom says they were asking a 12-year-old to pee in a cup. I have a problem with that. They're violating her right to privacy over scrapbooking? Sports?
1: That's pretty silly.
0: The New York Times reports that the Kitterers, whose daughters are now in high school, are plaintiffs in a lawsuit against the Delaware Valley School District. The daughters are identified only by their first initials, A and M. Parents said that the mandatory drug testing was unnecessary and that it infringed on their daughters' rights. They did ask for their daughters' first names not to be published. A lawyer for the school district declined to comment, citing the pending litigation. It's difficult to gauge how many middle schools conduct drug tests on students. State with middle schools that conduct drug testing include Florida, Alabama, Missouri, West Virginia, Arkansas, Ohio, New Jersey, and Texas.
1: Wow. It doesn't surprise me. None of those.
0: So, you know, the interesting contradiction here is that the reason—do you know the reason why they do this?
1: Because uh, drugs are bad?
0: Well, right. There's that, the claim that they'll make about drugs being bad. But they'll also say that, uh, you know, they on one hand, they create these after school programs to ostensibly keep kids off drugs.
1: That's oh, the reason. I, right. Makes, so this is not okay. a
0: class that you go to during the school day. This uh-huh. is scrapbooking. It's after school. So it's like chess club. It's like these things that they have after school, the, you know, an hour and a half or 2 hours after school that go on to give the, you know, the kids something else to do. So they don't want afterwards. the Stoner
1: kids to be selling drugs during scrapbooking. That makes sense cuz that's probably when I would be getting high. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> probably.
0: Were you were you getting high in scrapbooking <laughs> as a teenager, as a 12-year-old? <laughs>
1: uh yeah 12 year old that's pretty young i mean probably not i know that there are probably 12 year olds who do smoke pot not very many i God, can't imagine it, that it really seems unnecessary to be drug testing them that's just a little too much but the
0: uh you know the, the claim to these classes is that they're being created to keep kids off drugs mm-hmm. but yet you're going to drug test a young person before they go into the class right what if the young person is using drugs because they have nothing else to do and they want to join this class so That's they'll have point. something to do so they could get off the drugs. Well,
1: they should clean up their act before they start putting pictures in books.
0: 855 five, eight, five, 453. Four, you could cut a finger off or something. <laughs> 1 five, five, 450 five, 3733. Three. You take control. Free talk line. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring us whatever you want. Toll free number tonight for you, 855 450 free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 855 450 3733. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features we have waiting for you there. We've got the mobile site. For those of you with a smartphone, you can access our live streams uh, there at m.freetalklive.com. m as in mobile.freetalklive.com and by the way it is free as are the rest of the features on our website so go over and enjoy and you can say thanks to folks like manventureoutpost.com for sponsoring this program and helping keep everything on the site free because it's definitely not free to run the site are you looking for camping hunting or shooting gear well go to manventureoutpost.com they've got it they carry knives ammunition scopes binoculars laser sights tactical flashlights fish finders and boating equipment manventureoutpost.com is family-owned, and their members in good standing the Better Business Bureau. Some of their prices are so low, they can't be mentioned on the radio. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. That's manventureoutpost.com. So I asked the question on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we are doing more hooting uh, that is posting to both Facebook and Twitter as often as possible. And I had asked the question in the last hour, Uh, Basically, would alcohol sales drop in any statistically significant manner after legalization or decriminalization of cannabis? This is one of the things we've been talking about here in general. Uh, And the answer, see here, Aaron says, I don't think so. They're two completely different products. Station says, since both are consumed for relaxation and alcohol is more dangerous, I suppose it would affect the sales of hard liquors. I wonder about that because uh you know hard liquor came about in prohibition time I mean it really became right. popularized uh, As, back then
1: I mean would you i don't know the history of hash, but it's a higher potency form of cannabis it that is, people yes. take, and I wonder if that's a product of um, you know laws against marijuana I don't know
0: that's a good question i I can't say say for sure on that maybe you know and can tell us at eight five five four fifty free. But the fact that, I mean, hash is out there, but it's not as widely distributed as uh, as cannabis, at least right. not in the U.S.
1: See, one thing that people who write off cannabis as, you know, they talk about their experiences and they say it, you know, affects them in a bad way or negative way. And I wonder if that's because, uh, you know, partly because a lot of the cannabis that people buy in the black market is going to be higher potency. People want their dollars worth. And I wonder if it was legalized and you can get, you know, cannabis sticks like cannabis cigarettes or Mm -hmm. something. If it would be, you know, um, if it would be preferable for those people that, you know, they don't like it right now. But maybe if it was lower potency, then it would, you know, not get, you know, not be so much at once for people.
0: I think that you're right. I, I wonder what the market would look like in the absence of all the government regulations and legalization measures because Colorado is still going to have a scheme. They're still going to have a governmental agency that is not selling the marijuana but regulating, regulating it. The sales of it. But it really would be interesting to see what the marketplace uh, looks like because you're right; not everybody wants the most mind blowing, high test kind of uh, mm-hmm. cannabis out there.
1: And I wonder if the reason I was thinking about during the break why um, uh, it's reported that more people start using right after something is decriminalized or you know set free. If it's sort of like you know when you start a business and your initial um, sales are going to be higher than they're going to look like you mm-hmm. know maybe. Right after the newness wears off. And then maybe it'll go back up once your product and, you know, your knowledge of entrepreneurship improves. But that initially it's going to be something exciting because it's new. Does that make sense? Oh,
0: absolutely. I think that's that's what's happening. You know, maybe people are in a decriminalization situation. They're trying something for the first time that they haven't ever tried before. And or there are people who have smoked marijuana in the past, but have given it up, who you know, just found it too inconvenient to get on the black market, and mm-hmm. maybe they 've just decided to uh, to go ahead and, and step into the market but it 's interesting that eventually it does come down, and it doesn 't take long it's it 's just a very brief spike uh, so more responses here from folks on Twitter uh, Chris says, "I think so," in that he thinks that alcohol sales would drop. Uh, easier access and more affordable prices would draw people who use both but prefer cannabis. And I have said before that I prefer cannabis over alcohol, but, you know, I I still use alcohol. I'm not a, you know, a free, as frequent a user of it as I have been in the past, but I have kind of a cycle that I go through. Sometimes I use it more or less often than, mm-hmm. than I do otherwise, and the availability of cannabis isn't really a factor in that. Uh, as
1: far as you know— I think that people don't really know. Uh, I think people like to think they know themselves better than they do, but that who knows what influences your des- your decision to drink right. or to smoke?
0: Maybe price is a factor. Maybe uh, because cannabis is so expensive on the black market, maybe if it were you know half the price or less than half the price, as it yep. may may very well be in a legal market in a you know unregulated marketplace. Then perhaps more people would use cannabis because it was simply more affordable. I mean, alcohol isn't exactly cheap. It's really not. Especially if you're going out to a bar, you're paying five bucks a drink. That's right. that's pretty significant. Uh, let's see. UC Drugs says, oh, they just retweeted, uh, and then alcohol sales might drop. This is from Certain Quirk. He says alcohol sales might drop for a time after cannabis decrim, but would bounce back. People like to drink and smoke. So basically, you four different answers, four <laughs> or five completely different answers from people. And that's just it, you know. Nobody can really predict what the marketplace is going to look like in the absence of uh, the government regulation. And who Mm -hmm. knows what the alcohol marketplace would look like in the absence of government regulation. We've never had that. right? I mean, we've never, except during Prohibition, had no, you know, in our lifetime, certainly we've never had a a world in which we can just – Make our own alcohol without begging permission, sell it without begging permission, uh, and you know do whatever we want with it without begging permission. I mean, you can't even go in most places. You can't even walk down the street with alcohol in a container and drink from it. That's true, and it's. I think it's ab- absolutely outrageous that that's illegal. It's called open container. Mm-hmm. There are some towns where it's completely legal. Savannah, Georgia, I believe, is one of them.
1: So, in uh, the town I re- grew up in, Auburn, Alabama, mm-hmm. where it's a big football town. And during the games, uh, you're technically not supposed to have op- open containers, but At they the totally, uh, you know, around the stadium, people walking around. But and inside the stadium, tailgating, it's fine. tailgating is like a big tradition, right? Is this uh, everyone knows about tailgating?
0: It's a big football thing. where yeah, People hang a, out outside of the stadium and drink, right?
1: Yep. And uh, but they're
0: not supposed to. The laws
1: are supposed to still apply, but they are not enforced. They totally let it go. Yeah, open containers. Do everywhere. the cops like
0: ride through and do nothing about it?
1: The cops are probably drinking it up with them. Who probably. knows? <laughs> they like so, football too.
0: So just to, to clarify, it's completely legal inside the stadium. Like you can go buy alcohol and mm-hmm. drink it in the stadium, right? Right. Uh, yep. But outside in the parking lot, it's supposed to be a no-no.
1: Uh. Well, it's not just in the parking lot. People tailgate. They tailgate everywhere. You know, all around town. Um. It's it's like the it's like everyone in town gets super wasted. They're all walking around, and no one can drive anywhere, and it's very unsafe, but it's for the spirit of the game.
0: Go team. <laughs> 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, coming up, Allie, there's some controversy in, I think it's New York City, where you are going to tell us about some advertisements that have been tagged. Uh, yes. Yeah, People have been using spray paint on advertisements in the subway. We'll get to that here in a moment. And there's, there's some controversy about this. 855-450-FREE, that's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can talk about prohibition or alcohol, cannabis, legalization efforts, whatever you want. You can bring up anything that's on your mind. Take control. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at FreeKeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest liberty forums in New Hampshire, and more at FreeKeen.com. That's FreeKeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want here. 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us online over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com features including the uh, Shrine of Female Listeners, the news updates, listening options. We give them all away. Those other talk show hosts charge you. In fact, you can actually create the content that you see on the site. So when you go to freetalklive.com and you scroll down the page, you'll see those numbered items. Those items were submitted by listeners just like you, and it's called uh, show prep on our site. So you find an article or a, a YouTube video, perhaps a blog post, something that you think's interesting or useful or fun. Submit it to the website as show prep. Write a little description for it. It'll appear on the upcoming stories page. And uh, when you visit freetalklive.com, that's usually the first place you want to go is look at the upcoming stories and then vote on them. You can vote them up or down, and the most voted up will make it to the front page in the top of the site. So head on over to freetalklive.com. You can get interactive there. Uh, once again, that's freetalklive.com. So 855-450-FREE is the number here tonight. Ali, uh, there was another story in New York City. That's right. Where it's about graffiti. Well, and some offensive posters.
1: Yeah, the arrival of an anti-Muslim advertising campaign in New York City subways on Monday has prompted the NYPD to increase security throughout the ten stations where the controversial ads have been posted. According to the New York Post, the department has qui- quietly deployed additional police officers at stations with the thirty—sorry, uh, forty-six by thirty-inch ads. Contrary to prior reports denying the NYPD would be adding any extra security measures, the MTA, which I guess is the transportation. Uh,
2: yeah,
0: Metro Transportation yep. Authority.
1: Yep. Uh, they initially rejected the provocative poster, posters, which read, In any war between the civilized man and the savage, support the civilized man. Support Israel. Defeat jihad. But a federal mm. judge ruled that the campaign was protected by First Amendment rights, uh, forcing the MTA to reverse its decision. Decision. So um, there have been people who consider this to be hate speech, and they go out and they, uh, you know graffiti over mm. the signs basically the posters cuz they don't appreciate the message which I don't either but uh I don't know I mean I think that on public property I'm not sure what the subway stations are as far as ownership but that you should be able to you know graffiti if it's property that you're paying for
0: but in this case it's a private advertisement
1: it is but is so... it I don't I don't know I'm not I, I'm not, you know, speaking defense of, you know, uh banning hate speech or uh, you know, vandalizing private property, but I'm not sure it's unclear in this case. But I don't like the message, although I support free speech, so it's hard.
0: Yeah, I'm with you that uh the message is definitely uh you know, detestable. But this is clearly I mean it seems pretty clear to me this is not a public property issue. Mm-hmm. It it is a bit of a mixed bag though right like so it is public property on which private advertisements are being placed but i don't think that still i still don't think that crosses the line i don't i don't think that you can say that oh well this is this is now public property because it's been accepted by a government agency it is a weird kind of contradictory almost contradictory kind of situation though I mean, is it really a legitimate use of private dollars to purchase public property to put an advertisement up?
1: I think that's called fascism
0: It's definitely mixing government with uh with private companies. that's for sure
1: so is it should it be protected free speech?
0: I think that it should yeah, I mean I think that if uh it, you know, it is the government's supposed obligation to protect free speech within its purview right so mm-hmm. A lot of people misunderstand free speech. They think that free speech means, well, free speech anywhere. I can say whatever the FI want, even on your radio show or in your movie theater or wherever. No, no. That's not the purpose of the First Amendment. Uh, It's not. No, sorry. You can have free speech anywhere it's allowed. And the government is supposed to allow it. Mm -hmm. So the Constitution is a supposed to be a set of rules for the government to follow although not you the, and I Although
1: the MTA didn't want to post the ads initially they're the ones that would normally get the final say but then the government came in and said you can't ban this Yeah So I mean is that protecting free speech or Well uh, clearly
0: bureaucrats have no uh, you know they don't care about the constitution mm-hmm. uh I, I I the bureaucrats in different government bureaucracies are going to disagree they're going to fight over things and uh, and if you you know, if they had decided to not allow these, then it would have had to have been a court case before they would have been forced to allow them, probably. Uh, so, yeah, I think the government is supposed to protect free speech. That's they're not very good at it. <laughs> Clearly, they violated in a variety of different ways.
1: Well, what is your what would be your response if you lived in New York and you had to see these ads every day? Uh, basically, warmongering. Well, there's a bunch
0: of stupid stuff. I mean, uh, have you ever been on the New York subway system?
1: Uh yes, I have. Okay,
0: so there's, you know, there's all kinds of stuff up there. There's lots of ads for government agencies like here get some welfare, uh call this number and get some welfare. Uh there's all kinds of uh, you know, pro state, pro aggression style advertisements up there. And you just sit on the subway and you go to where you're going. I mean, I'm not going to do anything. If I see something offensive that uh is upsetting as an advertisement, I might make fun of it. I might say something about it, I might comment about it to somebody that might be there with me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it might be a, a piece of discussion to have a discussion about, but I'm certainly not going to get out a spray paint can and paint over it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I, mean, what you... I wouldn't
0: want someone doing that to a poster that I put up somewhere.
1: That makes, I mean, I see what you're, where you're going with that, and I'm not saying that spray painting it is necessarily the answer, but... Uh, what would the answer, has what to do you be, mean?
0: What is there an answer for? I mean,
1: I mean, I guess you could put up counter ads or something you like could, that. But or, then you'd be
0: spending money with the government.
1: Yeah, but then see, we get we get into this. Like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's confusing a lot of times. Like, is is this a public? Uh, you know, is the MTA? I mean, it's yes, it it's is government. A government, you know, funded or uh, organization responsible for transportation. Uh, as far as them selling ads i mean should they be able to refuse ads since they're a government run organization
0: i think that uh you know <laughs> i don't think they should be able to no i think that anybody with the money should be able to put put ads up on a government you know ad ad billboard or whatever
1: i guess I mean, effectively that could result in some it-
0: really offensive ads but that's what you know that's Part of free speech—that's part of what the government is supposed to protect and supposed to allow. Well, but I'm not going to take my money and spend it with a government agency.
1: That's the—that's the problem, though, is that you know if if your tax dollars are going to support the MTA, and you know then the government also is forcing the MTA to, which is part of the government, is forcing them to put up these ads. Then you're effectively, you know, your money is effectively to going to support subsidizing this it? idea.
0: It's, yeah, I see where you're coming from. Uh, It is, to some extent, a subsidy of it. Let's use a different example, though. Uh, Here's a better one. One that doesn't involve as much outlay of cash. You, Ali, are involved in a television program called Shire TV. Uh Now, the mechanism by which you are able to create this program is a government mechanism. So, the television station, upon which, you know, whose equipment you use, uh, the station is funded by tax dollars. Yep. And... So somebody could look at that and say, "Well, Ali, you're unprincipled. I mean, you're not a libertarian. This is a you guys are you've got to be kidding me. You're you're clearly using the spoils of, uh, of what the government does. This is direct. This is a direct result yeah, but, of the force of the state.
1: But people, but people that call themselves non-aggressionists should get over that because I think that's a fallacy. It's like you know, uh, that's like the politician in New Hampshire, I can't remember her name right now, saying that the free staters shouldn't be using the roads. Mm. I mean, it's just, that's silly. Yeah, I mean, we're going to, there's nothing wrong with taking welfare or using what crumbs the government tosses at us after it destroys our economy and ruins the culture. I
0: agree with you. I was just playing uh, devil's advocate. I agree that they have created this mechanism for free speech, and it would be silly to not use it. Mm -hmm. But in your case, you don't have to pay. You live in Keene, and if you live in Keene, you get to go and do this public access channel for free. But the reason I brought it up—that was just an Mm -hmm. aside—the reason I brought it up is that there is no prohibition on— really any content on that channel there is a restriction uh for overnight like if there's something that's offensive like it's got a lot of profanity or perhaps nudity or sex or something like that or graphic graphic violence uh those things are supposed to play it after 10 o'clock at night Uh but there's absolutely nothing stopping you from filming some sort of uh graphic video or something and putting it on there
1: that's an idea good Uh, way to get viewers
0: there's nothing stopping you from doing that (laughs) But my point is they have to accept everything. That is an organization that has to accept everything that is submitted to it. So we'll come back and I'll finish my thought. It's Free Talk Live. Your thoughts are welcome. is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up what you want. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we give to you there. Once again, freetalklive.com. With you tonight,
1: it's Ian. And Allie.
0: All right. So, uh, by the way, if you want to help support Free Talk Live, there are different ways for you to do that. One of them is by shopping with us. You can go to shop.freetalklive.com. And then there are links to Amazon there. Uh, And those Amazon links will take you to different Amazons. There's the Amazon for Canada. The UK and the US. Click into the right Amazon for you and just get your shopping taken care of. Whatever it is that you're looking for, Amazon probably has it and you will get it at a great deal. And of course, there's all the user reviews so you can make sure you're getting what you're expecting and what, you know, did people like it? Uh, you know, Amazon, they're great. You just go shopping there all. You probably have been shopping there a number of times, just that make it into a habit to go to shop.freetalklive.com first. And then you can click into the Amazon that's right for you. In fact, if you want to save yourself a step, go to shop.freetalklive.com, click the Amazon right for you, and then just bookmark that link. And then you can just go back to your bookmark over and over again. And every time you shop through those links there, Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase price at shop.freetalklive.com. So I'm going to go back to the phones here, but I did want to make sure I got the idea out about uh, this the public access example that I was giving you because we were talking about the the subway signs or the advertisements that have been purchased on New York subways Mm -hmm. that have been, I guess, so offensive to people that they've been using spray paint, for instance, to tag over them uh, which, of course, is a clear property rights violation. But things get a little bit muddy because we are talking about private advertising that has been purchased on what is ostensibly public property. So you kind of get into a, kind of a nasty little area where, well, is it really truly private advertising or is it partially public? Because technically you are using public dollars to fund yeah. the uh, you know the areas in which these ads are being placed. So is it really truly private? I don't know. And
1: New Yorkers don't really have a choice of... A- <laughs> What other transportation are they going to use? Taxis? They can't pay for a taxi so you don't have to see these offensive things if you're a Muslim? I mean, imagine Mm -hmm. being a Muslim and having to ride the subway in New York and having to see this every day. It's
0: against Palestinians, right? Is that right? Is it pro-Israel or something? Yeah, pro-Israel. So... Well, a lot of
1: people are saying it's anti-Muslim and that it's racist. So I don't know if, you know, maybe someone could argue that it's not necessarily racist, but... um, because I think a lot of Muslims uh, don't believe in jihad, but support Israel. I mean, I ju- uh, it just well, first paints of all, this picture.
0: Jihad is an interesting concept. I mean, having actually read the Quran yeah, while what I was is in that? jail, uh, there are two types of jihad there's the uh, the greater jihad and the lesser jihad. And the lesser jihad is the one that uh, is the outside struggle, the struggle with uh, that which is outside. The greater jihad is the struggle within. Mm. And uh, this is, you know, obviously about uh, the struggle that man has with himself and, you know, whatever – uh, desires one might have that one resists, or you know the the things that one might want to do that you know one doesn't, or whatever kind of internal conflicts, uh, moral struggles, moral you know whatever internal battles one might have with oneself. That is the uh, the greatest or the greater jihad. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you know the term jihad has just been kind of thrown around as though jihad they want to kill everybody. Jihad, right. and that's well, what this ad no. basically
1: support. I mean. <laughs>
0: that's not what uh, jihad's all about Sorry. that's what I'm
1: saying is that the ad I'm not saying that we should censor it but that uh, it is frustrating to um, to see stuff like this out there and to not be able to have other choices because your tax dollars are going to subsidize uh, you know everyone has to pay. For the subway system, even if you disagree with the ads.
0: Well, the same thing with the uh, the public access channel in that everyone has to pay. Well, not everybody, because it's only funded by people that pay for cable. But the people who are paying for the cable system have to pay for everything that's on that channel, whether or mm-hmm. not they think it's useful. So if somebody wants to record an, uh, an offensive video, as one guy once did, uh, the point of view, he was coming into a bedroom on the bed, there was a pumpkin. The pumpkin had a slit cut in it, and he began fingering the pumpkin slit and making... Uh, really offensive. Uh, he was saying very offensive things. I'm not going to repeat the things that he was saying, <laughs> but uh, he was treating the pumpkin as though, or a you know, like a human being. This was a female. on public
1: public access.
0: This was on public access television, <laughs> and it was very offensive, and it offended a number of viewers who called and complained about it. And other people have been offended by other things. But the the guy that runs the station is a big free speech advocate. The the executive director of the station, and he will tell people, hey. You could put your show on here, and that's basically it. Like, you know, you complain, but I don't care because I have to air everything that people come in and bring me. So, you know, if you don't like it, you can make your own response and put it on the air and respond mm-hmm. to it. But nobody wants to do that. It's easier to call and complain than it is it's to make your It's always easier TV to complain
1: show. than to do something about yeah. it.
0: Yeah, exactly. But the point being that they're still paying. So they could have the same feeling that, that you are or that the folks that are upset about these signs, you know, like— Oh, well, I'm upset because I'm paying for this channel and I'm seeing things I don't want to see. I don't this, think
1: people should have to pay for things they don't want to pay for.
0: Me neither. But, hey, that's what's going on, right? Like, everybody's paying for the MTA in New York City. Right. Everybody's paying for the cable uh, the cable access channel. So while we have these governmental you know, structures, right. then they should be able to be utilized to get a message out. Right. But the difference, of course, being that with public access, you don't have to pay to go mm-hmm. and create the content. You just create the content and you can send it in and they'll air it. Whereas at the the subway tunnels, you do have to pay to get those ads on, the, on that board. So I wouldn't have a problem putting my own stuff on TV on a public access channel, but there's no way I'm going to pay to put another ad up to compete with that ad right. because I just don't want to give any more money to the government than, than they already have. Let's go to your calls. David is in Montana listening on our streams online. David, you're on Free Talk Live.
5: Viva Cannabis. Hey
0: David, what's on your mind?
5: Hey the First Amendment. There's a certain onus, I think, when it comes to the First Amendment. The five components that make up the First Amendment were reasons why the monarchy used to kill the people. If you didn't if you said something the king didn't like, he'd kill you. Mm-hmm. you had a different religion than the king they'd kill you if you were writing stuff down and passing it around and they didn't like it they'd kill you if you gathered together and told the king he was doing things wrong they'd kill you well in in egypt they
1: have anti-blasphemy laws which are similar to what you're talking about
5: and now the people have the protection from the these tyrants that they can't kill us for what we say for what we
1: print, sure they can religion, and all the rest of them, well, right? So theoretically, now the onus, they can't. The onus
5: is, if someone uses the First Amendment to cause death, then they don't have the right to the First Amendment, because the First Amendment is to stop killing. And mm-hmm. if you use the First Amendment to cause killing, then you're the enemy of freedom what what do you mean like
1: threats speech. like threats or
5: to well, cause killing like like yelling fire in a a, a theater <laughs> you're gonna cause people to kill one another because they're gonna try really to works. get the hell out of there and jump all over you right
0: in theory i don't know if that's actually what happens if somebody yells fire in a theater well
5: if yelled fire and there happened to be flashing lights. People would go crazy and they'd stampede you. I was in a stampede. I went to the Cal Jam 2 in 77 mm-hmm. and there was a, a 5,000 people stampede, man. Three wow. people got killed and a and stampede is nasty. But I'm telling, I'm I'm saying that the First Amendment was you, is there to stop killing. But if you use the First Amendment to kill, then that's when I think you lose your
1: freedom. Do you think that this poster that says support Israel, defeat jihad, do you think that they're supporting killing?
5: Well, if you say, say if somebody's point, say if you've got a loaded gun and you're and you're swinging it around, right? There's speech is like a loaded gun people kill over what you say that's why we have the first amendment so nobody could kill you for what you say right but if you use that first amendment to make people kill one another then that's wrong that's usually you
0: can't make someone kill another person i mean you can you can encourage uh violence but you can't ever make someone with words
5: speech is that's what speech is like a loaded gun man we're human beings man you say something to the wrong person they'll rip your throat out
1: i think that i think that threats and fraud are two forms of speech which i don't think are are uh protected under free speech or at least my idea of it uh although i think that um people are use
5: speech to antagonize somebody to kill i think is wrong I
0: think that it's probably... A, yeah, I, I would agree with you that it's, it's wrong to encourage people to hurt others, but ultimately you can't make someone kill someone I think with that your peop- words. Yeah,
1: they're responsible for the actions. If you right. kill someone, you words can't say, someone like told them. me to.
0: Yep, exactly right. David, thank you for the call and thoughts. Appreciate it. 855 free You are responsible for your choices. It doesn't matter what anyone said to you prior to you making those choices. 855 450 Hi, I'm Derek J. I don't want a politician to represent me. To me, government is the idea that one group of people can coerce everyone to comply with an edict, or face increasing punishments up to and including death. Despite perhaps the most noble of intentions, the best government services are a far cry from what could be provided for by voluntary interactions. Besides, the people who call themselves the government wage wars and put peaceful people in jail for crimes involving no victims. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The empire does not require my consent eric jay's victimless crime spree available now free in hd see it now at victimlesscrimesfree.com The airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the Sekel CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features that uh, we will share with you. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their sites. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com does it for free. And that's the way a good talk show website should be. So head over there and enjoy. And uh, you can actually create the content as well. Vote on the stuff that you like. Vote down the stuff that you don't and uh, help aggregate what's the best to the front page so more people get to see it. Uh, You can go over and get interactive at freetalklive.com. So we've actually been spending a little bit of time talking about some of the issues in the big city, uh, New York City, where you've got, on the one hand, uh, some really brilliant artwork that has been posted by an, uh, an, an anonymous artist with a drone attacking what looks like a running family. So the family is silhouetted. They're running away from the drone. The drone also silhouetted and the drone is shooting a missile at them the new york police department very upset about these ads going up around town because well they're using the new york police department's logo in them and government agencies uh they they've made crimes uh out of the idea of using somebody some government agency's logo if uh you know if somebody else borrows a logo from somewhere then it's you know it's it's okay if you put you know if you put a walmart logo on some kind of a uh you know a, a parody advertisement for instance that's fine that's you know fair use it's parody or whatever Uh, but no if you take a a government agency's logo and you make something funny out of it or something poignant or important well then that's a criminal act but on the other hand we've been talking about these subway ads uh that are you know very offensive that are and and ali can you do you have the text of that handy again the ads that you've been sharing with us
1: yep they say in any war between the uh the civilized man and the savage Support the civilized man. Support Israel. Defeat jihad. Paid for by the American Freedom Defense Initiative.
0: I don't know who that is, but uh, it's it's ridiculous. And you know the idea that uh, the folks that are being oppressed in various different places ar- around the world are are somehow lesser because they're not so called civilized. As though the people who are supposedly civilized are somehow better, or that reminds, you should always side with them. It's- it
1: reminds me of like the white man's burden type stuff, where it's like. You have to go and Americanize them because we're civilized, they're not, and we need to teach them how to be civilized.
0: It's upsetting. Uh, look, why don't you just leave people alone and let them live whatever kind of life they want to? It's like if Mark were here, uh, you know, there was one night where he was defending the idea of the Christian, uh, what do they call them? Missionaries? The missionaries going in and going to these different countries and trying to push their Western ways on Native uh, groups. He was
1: defending that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, the idea was, well, we're bringing things to these people, that uh, they're bringing the Western world to them. They're bringing, you know, running water and air conditioning and, you know, all these good things that we have here. They should have it, too.
1: Well, the reason that a lot of those I mean, that's the thing with ideas and inventions is that there's nothing keeping uh, these third world countries from having what we have except for uh, mostly oppressive governments. That is usually, or like confusions within the legal system, uh, the parameters for trying to start a business and mm-hmm. market your goods and services to people. It's uh, it's it, difficult, it's difficult to do, and that's what keeps them poor. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people will see ways in which these places try to better themselves, and they say, it's not good enough. You know, sure, you've gone from working in the fields and this manual labor Uh, system of an economy agrarian style and you're trying to move on to more industrialized things but then you have kids working in sweatshops and that's just that's not civilized and you should be more like us yeah people need to lay off and realize that you know you can't you can't just sit there and be like why aren't you as wealthy as we are and just act like i'm gonna
0: force you to be like us
1: (laughs) i mean sure there's certain there's certain things i can appreciate about civilized culture uh, where people aren't having, you know, to to fend for their lives and their and you know work all day long and they don't ever have time for leisure and sometimes, um, you know, people don't have time to think about complex issues or things like that or realize they're being oppressed. You yeah, know. but
0: on the other hand, uh, not everybody is as uh, as as brilliant uh, as you, uh, Allie, and they're not spending their time thinking about complex issues. Uh, or leisuring in the same way as you might, so for instance, look at all the people that are right now sitting in front of their television sets they 're not listening to the radio they 've got the uh, the boob tube on as some might call it, mm-hmm. and they 're zoning out at their favorite uh, shows for hours at a time every single day. Are they thinking about important issues are they, they might spending be. spending time on those matters
1: it It would probably depend on what they 're they 're watching, but i guess i guess i don 't think taking away what you call the boob tube is going to make them all of a sudden complex thinkers?
0: No, I, I don't think so either. And I would never want to take something away from someone that, that they enjoy. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, you know, whatever, man, whatever you're uh, whatever you're into, by all means, do it. I, I was just suggesting that... And I wasn't really really rebutting what you were saying. You were kind of saying what other people might say that want to foist this lifestyle on a group of, say, natives, for instance, that aren't Mm -hmm. interested in it. You know, they might enjoy living the the rustic life, uh, the the life of having to have the responsibility of gathering their own food and you know doing. Typically, that's not
1: what they want. What they want is, uh, you know, more of a westernized like the industrial revolution. That's something that you know, as part of American history, that a lot of people. Uh, have misconceptions about uh, they think that that was you know an example it is an example of capitalism is an example of industrialization it's uh overall a good thing i'm not talking about
0: people in the third world i'm talking about people who are not just not interested in that mm,
1: mm-hmm. like i'm
0: talking about native tribesmen kind of folk like people who've been shown the western world and don't want it how, i'm not talking how about how common that do is want that it. They exist. I mean, there's there are native tribes out there today that, uh, you know, that live in a kind of a state of nature. They, they, they're they not westernized in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Those, those tribes still What do exist. they call it,
1: Like Luddites or people? No, that... a
0: Luddite is somebody that lives within uh, the existing society and is objecting generally to the advancement of technology within that mm-hmm. society.
1: Are so... people that are living in tribes and sort of, you know, rejecting Western culture... Uh, are those people not another form of bloodites if they have the ability to become more industrialized or, uh, I guess, ad- advanced as far as their tools and uh, what they use? Like, I mean, how great would a washing machine... I mean, who's going to reject that unless you have some <laughs> weird reason to be like, well, no, I like I like going to the, to the local river or whatever and cleaning my clothes there. I mean, I think that most people are going to choose the easier uh, most people
0: thing. uh who you know would choose the easier thing but there are people who have different value sets i guess that's what i'm trying to explain here this is what mark couldn't understand he couldn't understand why there would be people who didn't want you know a hospital or who didn't want power or running water and the you know the things that are so convenient to us and we take for granted as a result of that so, of course, we look at these things and, you know, due to our lifestyle, what we're used to, we can't imagine not having it. Uh, but these people, you know, they don't. And they've had the chance to have it and they've rejected that. That doesn't mean they're Luddites necessarily. And the definition of Luddite uh, from the World English Dictionary here is any of the textile workers opposed to mechanization who rioted and organized machine breaking between 1811 and 1816. That's the where the word came from and uh then definition 2 is a larger to wider definition any opponent of industrial change or innovation so generally a luddite already exists in some form of civilized society mm-hmm. and they just don't like to see further uh, industrialization or further development so i don't think i don't think calling a native in the uh, the wilderness a luddite is particularly accurate
1: okay uh but it's still in the same idea at least my attitude about it is you know, how common is this? Like- Not very.
0: I mean, obviously, there aren't very many Native tribes remaining, but right. they, they still do exist. We can come back to it in a moment. Barry's on the line listening in Idaho to XM's America's Talk. Hey, Barry. Hey, good evening uh, to you both there. Welcome, sir. Go ahead with your thoughts.
6: Um, a few minutes ago, I heard the uh, the lady there. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't recall her name. That's it's Allie. Allie. Uh, uh, Allie, yes. Hi, Allie. Hi. Hi, um, her. I heard you make a remark that you're for uh, open borders.
0: I am. Yeah, let's talk about it. Hang on, Barry. We'll bring you back here in a moment. We'll let you share your thoughts with Allie, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. Take control. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves here. Toll free number for you, 855 450 Free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com with you in the studio tonight. It's Ian. And Allie. You can, by the way, get more of Allie uh, through her radio program. She does Ladies in Keen, and it's also a blog. So you can go to Ladies in Keen, K E E N E, Ladies in for more of Allie and the other ladies. That's right. From Ladies in Keen. Uh, and their, Your radio show is produced once per week, and it is available in podcast form on your website. Mm-hmm. And also folks can find it over at lrn.fm on late Saturday nights. Uh, so our number here is uh, 855-453. Barry had called in, uh, is on the line, listening in Idaho to XM's America's Talk. And Barry, you had a question or an issue or something you wanted to bring up with Allie about what she said about immigration. So go ahead.
6: Well, Allie... Uh... Said earlier that she's for uh, open borders, and uh, what I was like to ask her, I guess, is uh, or well, my opinion of open borders. Uh, the problem that I have with that is, uh, you know, uh, protecting our borders is uh, simply an extension of, uh, in my opinion, of personal uh, property
1: rights. I would agree with private property borders yes like if you own a piece of land or whatever it is if you own it then yeah you can protect it but uh the government isn't uh i mean i don't think they can legitimately legitimately own property
6: well Allie, that isn't isn't saying that if uh, anybody can come over the border tonight uh isn't that the same thing as saying uh I'm coming over to Allie's house tonight, and I'm going to stay uninvited as long as I want to?
1: No, because I don't own all of the United States of America, and no one does. It's owned by lots of different people. Say that my property is part of the border. Uh, You know, what if the border of Mexico is right along the fence, and— uh, I want to let Mexicans into my home, but I live in the United States. I'm not allowed to unless they have documentation, and that's, that that's, uh, goes against my private property rights. I should be allowed to invite anyone over I want to.
6: You should be able to invite anybody over you want to, I agree, but you should also be able to uh, uh, depend that the, that you, you can't have uh, people illegally coming into your home and to your property Uh, uninvited at any point in time. And that's what we're having uh, along the border states.
0: What I'm hearing uh, between the two of you is maybe a a miscommunication here. Uh, So you said on one hand, Barry, that you think Allie should be able to have anybody that she wants over her house. That, whether it's illegal or not, is not an issue because it's her property and she should be able to decide who comes over, Right.
6: Yeah, I, I personally, I think that that's the, that would be the way that it should be in an ideal
0: world. Great. So in an ideal world, then, uh, all property would be privately owned, would it not? I mean, we, would you agree that we shouldn't have the idea of public property? That is government-owned property or you know, that concept?
2: No, that's
6: that's a hard call because, you know, um, Ian, I enjoy a lot of the public lands out here.
1: Oh, and, I mean, uh, enjoying the the lands isn't necessarily an argument that, you know— For the public funding of property, I mean, the land could still exist. And if it's made to be used by others, then it's likely there's a profit motive to have it that way, to keep it that way.
0: Yeah, I would think that there would be private parks that would be open to the public parks operated by private organizations that are interested in having beautiful land but that, the idea
1: uh, of, of having a government in charge of deciding who can come onto a piece of land despite the wishes of the property owners or you know like in my example the government wouldn't want me inviting illegals through my house and you know what I, they, I, they can't go out into the use the public uh roads like just because they weren't born in the united states i don't it doesn't help the economy to keep people out and you know, it doesn't help anyone really to keep people out who want to come in unless, you know, it's trespassing, which it sounds like you're making, like the argument you're making is that people coming in the United States who aren't citizens is somehow trespassing, but that's confusing public, you know, that's, that's confusing the idea of private property. Do you see the conflict?
6: Well, well, let me say that, you know, I've known and, um, and and had great friendships with a lot of illegal um, Im- immigrants, and over the years, and uh, you know, I fault no one for coming here. It's like it, you know, if it, it, it I would do the same thing if I was in their circumstance. But it, you know, it also, you know, we can't go to Mexico since you know most of it is is here is is usually uh, Mexico we're talking about. We can't go to Mexico without uh, coming in conflict with the mexican government and you know but yet you know we have so many people that think that we should be able to just open our borders here to mexican immigrants and why not
0: like what's the problem why not
6: okay well i'll 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 tell you my opinion it's similar you don't want to be like
0: mexico right Oh, absolutely not. Okay, because that's the, that's what it sounds like you're saying. Well, Mexico's got all these restrictions, so why shouldn't we have restrictions too?
6: Well, um, Ian, I think, you know, do you believe in states' rights?
0: I don't think anybody but an individual has rights.
6: So you don't believe in states' rights? You don't believe that there in New Hampshire, that you, since you're set, you know, you you, you um, seem to boast New Hampshire well, uh, the ad- from time to time or all of the time? That, uh, you don't, you don't think that New Hampshire should have, uh, states'
0: rights? I understand what you're saying. Let's define what you mean by states' rights. The idea of states' rights is that a state government uh, organization would have the ability to have legislation that uh, perhaps might be in counteraction to, for instance, the federal government's desires and things like that uh, to kind of set their own uh, standards and that sort of thing. Uh, But I think to to apply the term rights to that is inappropriate. Uh, It's not not rights. Rights are an agreement that human beings have with one another and – Uh, only individuals have rights groups of people do not have rights as a as a group the two of us ali and i do not have more rights than you because we're in a group and Mm -hmm. if we were to have a state we would not have more rights uh because of that only individuals have rights so if we could agree on that then uh, you could talk about how states have you know the ideas of states should be able to be autonomous from the federal government and i'd agree with you with that
6: well as a resident of certain states you get uh, certain privileges that you don't have if you're not a resident of that state. Correct.
0: I would say that there are some states who are more restrictive on freedom than uh, than others. So I would go that far and say that.
6: Well, I mean, for instance, uh, you know, as a, as a resident of, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, really, uh, I'm not really uh, as familiar as I'd like to be with your your gun rights laws, for instance, in uh, New Hampshire, but uh, in Idaho. I'm quite familiar with them, as well as I am in, in several other states. And uh, in Illinois, of course, as we all know, you basically have no rights. You know, to you basically have no rights as a gun owner. It's fairly accurate. Uh, and, well, you know, th- th- there we have uh, the uh, th- the advantage of uh, different laws, different borders uh in states different residences residency of different states mm-hmm. and it's same thing as uh just opening a border uh you 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 uh make that all null and void at that point you're border. not inflicting
1: you know, you're, you're not you're not encroaching on uh the rights of your constituents by opening your borders up to outsiders i mean how is What's that the,
0: what are you afraid of I mean, that's usually what the the restrictions on immigration are Outsiders? based on is is, it, is is a fear of what someone might do if they were able to be in a certain place, and you've yet to persuade me so. Is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll free at 855 450 free. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. And of course, you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We have news updates. You can follow us via email, where we will send you emails whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. And uh, in addition to that, you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook, where you'll get more than the news about the show. You'll get questions, you'll get show prep, uh, you'll get observations, whatever it is we feel like posting there. And we've been getting better at, uh, at doing the Twittering and Facebooking. So you can go to news.freetalklive.com and you can sign up for any of those there. It's tweeting. It, but it's not tweeting when you do it on Facebook.
1: No, it's Facebooking.
0: Yeah. So, we do, it bo- we do both. Okay. So we I hoot. just
1: heard you say Twittering, and I'm like, I don't think oh, good that's point. right.
0: Yeah, tweeting. Thank <laughs> you for that. That's okay. Uh, so, go to news.freetalklive.com. You may follow us there in whatever way is uh, of interest to you. And then of course, uh, don't forget about Twitter Tuesdays, where on Tuesdays, uh, if, you f- if you do an at Free Talk Live, if you tweet at Free Talk Live, something at Free Talk Live, then uh, we'll follow you back. So- okay.
1: So, you hoot, and then we tweet back. Uh, you,
0: We hoot, yeah. You could tweet or you could Facebook back. Anyway, go to news.freetalklab.com. Barry uh, is back with us here and Barry is listening to XM's America's Talk. Barry, you had uh, brought up the issue of immigration and Allie had said she's for open borders. I am as well. I think that uh, liberty is something that everybody who's a human being should have in their life. And we don't. Uh, so anything that we can do to help people get more liberty in their life is a good thing. And having uh, you know the ability for folks to come here and make a better life for themselves without having to beg some government bureaucrat's permission, that seems to me to be an aspect of freedom that's really important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I hear people saying that they don't like immigration or that they, it has to be legal, uh, you know, suggesting that, oh, it's fine if you come here, but you just have to jump through all the arbitrary hoops that the government bureaucrats put up in front of you. Uh, then i what I hear is there 's fear, and you haven 't explained to me why it 's such a bad idea for people to come here, so can you do that
6: well first of all i 'm kind of disappointed in you Ian that you brought up the thing that what do I fear like because i don 't are you implying that because i don 't agree with something that you agree with that i uh, that i fear something that No, a, I'm a,
0: suggesting that there's fear in the the basis of anybody who's against the idea of immigration.
6: In the same way that there's uh homophobia is fear because you don't agree with the homosexual lifestyle. I mean, isn't that kind of foolish?
1: I I would I'd say there's fear involved in that too, but it, maybe I, we just disagree on some things. <laughs>
0: I don't so, think it's quite the same. I think that uh, I think that oh, it depends no, it's not. on it, I think it depends on the homophobe. I think that there are some people who are afraid that they'll be infected by the gay or something like that. So I think there is some fear behind some well, of I don't it. And get some on... of it's just anger and and, and well, misunderstanding.
6: You know, well, you know, not to get off on something different, but isn't the term homophobia simply because you don't agree with the homosexual lifestyle? The, the, the home. To, to what is the fearful, homosexual
0: lifestyle? To
6: be to be fearful of something and to disagree with something are two completely different things. Okay. And because, so why and do because, you
0: disagree with people being free to come to a supposed, ostensibly free place?
6: I disagree with it because the reason why they come here is because of what they can, uh, the advantages that they can get. From coming here, yeah, that's and why anyone, like
1: anyone does anything. You do something because it's in your self interest. You see an advantage right. in doing this, so, there's nothing so you wrong do with it. That.
6: And okay, like I, like us, I, I, I related it earlier to you know, say I was living in California or Illinois. I, you know, let's say Illinois. If I was in Illinois, you know, I am, um, I am a. Very much into, uh, you know, I I just have a a very strong, lifelong love of firearms. If I was in Illinois and I saw, you know, I would very much uh, want to, if if I had any means possible, I would want to move out of that state Mm -hmm. so I could uh enjoy right and uh, isn't uh, it
0: nice that you can like you can move to another state like new New hampshire or vermont or alaska for instance where the gun restrictions are less uh invasive and offensive
1: imagine if all the state borders were like the national borders that would be hell on earth for the people in illinois
0: right what would the difference what's the difference between you moving from illinois and to vermont uh between someone moving from mexico to arizona what's what's the difference there
6: because I see it could go two ways. You could have the, you could have every place go the way of Illinois, or you could have, you know, it's possible you it could go the other way. You could also have everything instead of an improvement from moving to Mexico so to moving to the United States.
0: So your your because fear to... is that the people who move into the United States would make things worse?
6: Uh, it's not. Um, well, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you continue on with using your word fear. That's
0: what you're saying. I mean, you can pretend like it's not based in fear, right? You were just talking about how things are going to get worse if people move in here, right? Isn't that what you were saying?
6: I'm saying
1: that— Is that your concern,
0: <laughs> are you concerned that that will uh, make things worse?
1: That's that's uh, that,
6: <laughs> I, oh, that's nice. There, I like I like your She's uh, smooth. Your on top of <laughs> She's
0: there. very good. No, really. I mean, is that what you're concerned about? Um,
6: of course, I'm concerned about that. Okay, well, who would be? Okay, now, but so you're concerned about just, that?
0: Is what? Are they, how are they going to make things worse? They're going to move in and vote uh, you into some sort of a socialist uh, hellhole or something like that? Okay, if
6: If I'm moving to a place because uh, I'm going to uh, see myself getting uh, freebies, I'm going to
0: see myself, uh, you know, I have... Oh, you're under the mindset that they're going to be getting a bunch of welfare. Okay, so I know that you said you've known some immigrants. Were they all welfare queens?
6: No. No. The ones that I knew, uh, my heart broke. For them
0: here 's my because. experience barry and i and I thank you by the way, for the call and the uh, the thoughts tonight but m- my experience is that uh, people that want to move here typically appreciate the idea that they are more free here. And they are some of the hardest working people. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're some of the most, uh, you know, really valuable uh, folks in the in the workplace. And they're good people. I mean, sure, there's going to be, uh, you know, mooches that'll come here, too. But there's plenty of mooches uh, that live here in this country that were born here. Well,
1: that's, that's the funny thing is that a lot of people talk about immigrants and for some reason it all centers around mexicans i don't know why they don't talk about immigrants from other places right I maybe because mexicans from
0: ireland but yeah. you can't tell by looking at him that you know he might have uh, been. <laughs> well he looks immigrant. white to
1: me seems okay but yeah. hey. uh I, I think that it's funny because a lot of these immigrants uh a lot t- i don't know maybe it seems like they're harder workers to me it seems like they really know what it means to come to a place that's freer and like build their, their wealth.
0: A lot of the people who are opposed to the idea of immigration are really opposed to the idea of welfare. It's just that they don't believe welfare can ever be ended, that, that this government welfare, this forced wealth redistribution can ever end. And so they believe that they can somehow put a, you know, they can stop the hemorrhaging by... Blocking up the borders and stopping all those losers from coming here and uh, and mooching off the welfare system. But anybody that's ever paid attention to government knows that the government fails at everything that it tries to do. So when uh, pretty much everything, and so when they attempt to lock down the borders, all you end up is with is a much more frustrating border experience. And uh, of course, they're not actually doing anything to really stop people that want to come from uh, come from other countries to get here. They'll go through coyotes. They'll uh, do what it takes. to to get here as long as they perceive that things are better here than they are where they're from. Now, as soon as the U.S. becomes a total police state and a complete hellhole in which to live, you won't have to worry about immigration anymore. As long as, you know, if America gets to the point at which it's worse than Guatemala, and it's worse than, you know, Venezuela and these other places, then those folks are just going to stay where they are. And they're not going to come here anymore. But will you really want to be here at that point?
1: I hope not. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, but then again, at that point, the borders will be pretty locked down, so it'll be hard to leave. Because that's the other side of this. That's the other side. You lock down the borders, makes it more difficult for you to get out if for some reason you decide you don't like it here anymore. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so head over there and enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Now, one of the things you can do over at freetalklive.com is throw something in the Bitcoin tip jar. You can go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com. And if you have Bitcoins... Then you can, if you feel like it, send them over this way. Uh, go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com to get details on how to do that. Uh, we've had recently, let's see, the most recent transaction was point zero zero one bitcoin. Because you can do that stuff with bitcoins; they're very divisible. They go down to like ten uh, decimal points, and that's only because the software restricts it to that. They could totally have more decimal points uh, later on down the line, which they might need because bitcoins keep, seem like they keep going up in value. Uh, maybe you should do a little bit of research, learn about the bitcoin, learn about. About how it is a decentralized digital currency that is basically untouchable by the people that would call themselves the state. They were not involved in creating it and they don't know what to do about it. It was created by. How can by, you
1: have money without the government, Ian?
0: You can, and it's real. Uh, it buys real things. Bitcoin, you can get, you can get candy with it over at statelesssweets.com, uh, for instance. And uh, there are other great websites that are. But what gives Bitcoin. it value? The fact that it's useful. Uh, The Bitcoin is—it's mathematically impossible for anyone to block you from sending or receiving. Bitcoin payments. Uh, it's also impossible for your account to be frozen by some outside governmental agency that's going to come in and you know crack down. Like if they went to your bank, they could that's freeze nice. your account in a, in a heartbeat. Uh, but Bitcoin, they can't touch you. It's also impossible for the bitcoins to be counterfeited or inflated in uh, you know kind of this arbitrary uh, fiat manner. There's a very there there are very strict rules around the Bitcoin and it, the system is built that way. But yet it's an open system. It's a, right. an open source system, so it can be completely vetted. It's not like you're Getting into something that has not been checked out by others,
1: and it's not like they're just you know some hackers in a room that control how much the Bitcoin's worth. No,
0: no, it's a true market-based. It's a true free market currency that came from the market. It was not a top-down where the government we're in charge. We're going to give you this currency. It was not one of those things. Uh, it was not some corporation that decided, we are going to create a currency today, and maybe people will use it. No, this is something that uh, they, like, basically was made by computer geeks. Mm-hmm. And at, uh, at first, it didn't really, you know, ah, what is this? It's not a big deal. It's just some sort of online currency thing, and oh, nobody really took it seriously. But now, people are taking Bitcoin seriously, because there are real products that you can buy with it, uh, digital products as well, but real-life products uh, also. But you have to have the Bitcoins first. And in order to get them, you can go to BitInstant.com to make that happen. BitInstant.com will help you turn your cash into Bitcoins. So head over there and check them out. And if you want to learn more about uh, Bitcoins, you can always go to WeUseCoins.org. All right. So we're going to continue with your calls and your thoughts. Helen is listening in Ithaca to WNYY. Hey, Helen. Hi. Excuse me. I'm calling you
7: about a speech issue, and I thought I was changing the subject a little, but your last caller kept talking about um, fear and being fearful, so maybe I can get right in here. Well, he
0: claimed he um, wasn't it, being fearful.
7: I know. He was defending himself. He, he, I thought, he thought you were accusing him of
0: that. I think that there is fear behind anti-immigration uh, fervor, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, all right. I'll, uh, I'll do, you just... agree, do you agree with that, that that's, that's what's ba- the basis of uh, anti-immigration Viewpoint sphere. I
7: think that's the basis of why everybody hates Obama right now, there's a lot of um, white men who are control freaks, and um, that's why he's like soaring in the polls against in every group except uh, white men. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. They don't want to lose their I, control. I have, you know.
1: I have noticed that. Uh, you know, I was talking to some a dear friend today, and they happened to be voting for Romney. And he was, I was trying to explain that Romney and Obama are, they sort of are working the same game and they're supported by the same corporations and they're effectively the same candidate. And it seemed like he would agree with that, but he kept saying that, but Obama, it's like Obama's the Antichrist, basically. And people are taking Obama into making it, you know, personal. It's not about the system. It's about Obama as a person. He is, he is evil. They
7: just hate him. Well, actually, what I was calling about, this has been in the news a couple of days in um, uh, New York. I don't know which borough. I think it's Manhattan, but I forget. They're opening up this haunted house, you know, for Halloween. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be this big-scale, fancy pants thing. And it's about <clears throat> serial killers, you know. So they have, like, the Jeffrey Dahmer exhibit, the John Wayne Gacy exhibit. The, uh, Interesting. I can't remember the name of that handsome young Republican guy who killed all these college girls in Florida. I don't know. Yeah. Anyhow, the mm, yeah. nation, but all, all of them, and <clears throat> excuse me. So they have like the freedom of expression to open up such a place, but all these victim rights groups are appalled at it. If they're saying you're glamorizing these creeps, these sociopaths, and you're um you're not even mentioning the victim. Well, the victims can't say anything because they're dead, you know. But the victims' families are appalled at this and they want to shut it down. I just want to
0: know what you guys thought about that.
1: People are fascinated by torture and serial killers. I mean, <laughs> the reason why Jeffrey Dahmer is... That's
0: the college guy that she was thinking of, Jeffrey Dahmer.
1: It is? No, no,
7: no. no. Oh. Jeffrey Dahmer was the blue collar guy who made chocolates in a candy factory. <laughs>
1: That's what he did. I don't really what? even know all about, all about these serial, serial killers, what they... Did, but I know the names because they have specials about them on television. Are the victims yeah. complaining about those? I mean, um,
7: no, yeah. Well, they're they think that they're being glamorized and they're going down in history and people are going to go and see about them and their lives. And they're saying, What about our family? What about the
0: victims? So, this you know? is a museum that's being created?
7: Yeah, it's like a it's Halloween. It's a, a haunted house.
0: It's a haunted house. It's oh, it's, okay. It's, okay. It's I getting
7: see a lot of press the past couple days. People are very. That about the concept, you know.
0: You know, if I had a haunted house, I'd have a bunch of politicians in there, because in my opinion, they're, <laughs> thats uh, offensive. you know, they, well, like you want to, th- you want to talk about theory. people who are glamorized. I mean, if you're in a haunted house, there's supposed to be scary people in there. So uh-huh. whether it's Jeffrey Dahmer or it's, you know, Jason Voorhees with a chainsaw, you're still talking about whether it's fictional or if it's real life, you're still talking about scary people doing horribly antisocial, uh, destructive and dangerous and sick things. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, haunted houses are all about. Uh, yeah, but that's
7: real life. Usually haunted houses were, like, make-believe ghosts and witches, these things that don't exist. They were fantasy things. These are about real-life incidents that occurred in the recent past, you know?
0: And I it's think disturbing it's,
7: it's, if to people, to, the families of the victims,
0: you know? It's different. It's unusual. I don't see it as, as saying this is good. I mean, I don't think they're saying, you know, hey, go out and murder somebody or that Jeffrey mm-hmm. Tomer was cool. I mean, it's not—I've not seen this. Have you? No, I haven't. No, okay, so, so we're both speculating, power. right? We n- neither of us really know well, in in what way these uh, stories are being presented. Yeah. Uh, is it gra- being glamorized, or is it showing these guys as the sick people that they were? And sh- you know, look, hey, kids, so, this is scary stuff.
1: So when I was in Europe, I uh, my our tour guide took us to this place in England or whatever where. There's a lot of, there's like a castle where the king used to go and hide when all the townspeople were mad and he would run away and hide in the castle. And then there was like a torture tower. Oh boy. And, uh, you know, there's lots of things you could go and see. You could go see the queen's rubies. You could go see all these different...
0: Was held and
7: yeah but and everyone wants yeah. to see everyone, the torture room. everyone
1: wants to see the torture room and he commented on that and said there's some you know what is wrong with people that are so into this
0: thank you helen for bringing that up appreciate the call tonight uh 855-450 freeze the SACL cai toll freeline but really uh the board up is making a great point and i agree with it completely that is that uh you know these presidents have killed far more people than every serial killer that the world has ever seen combined. The
1: president's or the military? The pre-
0: the, well, I mean, by proxy, the military is simply the extension of the president's uh, will, right? So, like, I
1: thought we were saying earlier that uh, following orders is not an excuse.
0: It's not an excuse, but that doesn't mean that you're uh, just because someone is following your order doesn't mean you're not responsible for for telling that person to do something. Like mm-hmm. if I if I order someone to go and kill somebody else, that doesn't mean I'm not responsible right. for it because they chose to do it.
1: Well, the prep uh, the the reason both people are responsible that that argument, while it might reach um, some people and they'll say point well taken, I just the presidents are just puppets in my mind for a larger system of coercive violence. So, I mean, the military uh, only follows the president because their belief in its legitimacy. And it's all well, they're about all doing an idea. it because
0: they believe, right. It's it's all based on an idea, and it's a, mm-hmm. a terrible idea, and it's the idea that it's somehow okay to rule by force other human beings who haven't harmed anyone else. But I'm just you know I think it's important to to look at the real killers, the real right. psychopaths, the ones that are truly worshipped. If you've got uh, psycho killers like Jeffrey Dahmer being sort of portrayed in a haunted house that's Mm -hmm. one thing but it's a whole other thing to have a culture that in a lot of ways really does worship and really does look up to and glamorize politicians and these politicians are responsible for all manner of terrible destructive things that people destroy human People don't look up life. to
1: politicians, people look up to soldiers, warriors.
0: Lots of people look up to politicians. Look at the people that, that you know bow down before them. They They'll kiss say, they well, want to be kissed by them. They want their babies to be kissed. They <laughs> they go to their uh, events and they they get they swoon. A lot of people you swoon can, over You can you can say people.
1: things about politicians, but if you start talking about the troops, oh man, you've got you have really set yourself up for an argument.
0: By the way, this program brought to you by Sequel CAI. Uh, check out their banner at the top of our website freetalklive.com. We'll see you tomorrow night.
1: It's change your words change your life a daily minute program to help you understand the power of every word you speak here's new york times best-selling author joyce meyer just imagine how much happier we could be in an
2: atmosphere where only good things are spoken no negative words hopeless words but words of hope faith and positive expectation you know god is a huge fan of good he is good All of His creation is declared to be good. He promises to do us good all the days of our life. He works good out of every situation that we commit to Him. The more I ponder it, the more amazed I am that I can immediately increase or decrease my joy and the joy of others by simply choosing to say good things. Do yourself a favor and say something good. Fight the good fight of faith with faith-filled words that will release joy into the very atmosphere that you are in. For Change Your Words, Change Your
1: Life, I'm Joyce Meyer. For more information and insight on how you can change your words and change your life, please visit Joyce Meyer, spelled M-E-Y-E-R dot O-R-G. The words we speak can affect our lives in positive and negative ways. In her new book, Change Your Words, Change Your Life, bestselling author and internationally acclaimed teacher Joyce Meyer examines the power of words that convey our thoughts and emotions. She discusses how our words can increase or decrease our level of joy and how they can have a positive or negative effect on our future. Change Your Words, Change Your Life, the latest book from New York Times bestselling author Joyce Meyer is available wherever books are sold.